Now we have the next group. Michael Govier and Justin Mason. It's been a long time, but he is back here after about an hour and 20 minutes. He's back on the show. How are you guys doing today? Govier? Is he frozen? Oh, I thought Mason was going to say something first. <laughs> I was ready for Mason to dive in. He's smoking that cigarette, though. He's busy. Hey, good to be here, Joe. We haven't done a show together in a minute. It's great to see your face. I loved seeing the crew from the last hour. Shout out to Britton, my co-host on the Blotto Podcast. He did a great job. Always wears the same shirt. And uh, it's great to be here. Excited. going to be a lot of fun. It's been kind of slow, but I'm thinking as we approach the deadline, uh, you guys will be one of the more fun panels because hopefully Jeff Passon will you know, get on his thumbs and start tweeting about what's going on. Uh, Justin, what have you been up to the last hour? Uh, I jumped on a different uh, live stream. Just, you know, I, I have a league that is – it's an insanely large league that uh, uh, is, is borderline free. Uh, but it, it's super, super active, uh, 30 team rosters, hundred man, or sorry, 30 teams, hundred man rosters. Uh, and, uh, today's the trade trade deadline for that league. Um, and so, uh, it is, uh, on top of like monitoring the actual trade deadline, you know, for my job, I'm trying to make trades in that league. So, uh, Britain traded for Govier. I think that's a fair trade. I like that trade. So absolutely. Totally reasonable. Some draft compensation going back mm-hmm. uh, the other way as well. I, I, w- I wonder if uh, the Justin Mason bathing suit that Britton Allen has is going along in that trade. I better see him wearing that thing in Arizona. I want to see a swan dive into the pool with the Justin Mason hey, bathing suit. I, I'm like uh, maybe like seven or eight more fantasy analysts away from a full Justin Mason swimsuit calendar. <laughs> if we can just get a few more people willing to uh, to purchase uh, or, you know, I'll purchase it, uh, willing to wear it. Uh, so, so you have one, Britain has one. I think Curland has one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that oh, my wife, my wife has one. Okay. So, I mean, there's four right there. So we're eight away. We're eight away. So we need to get a few more, uh, people willing to, uh, put on just Mason bathing suit. So that way we can get a, a, a pretty calendar. We got some slander from your co-host Dave McDonald here. He's saying he's already seen it far too many times. Uh, but I haven't actually had the pleasure, so I'd love to see the mm-hmm. Justin Mason bathing suit uh, broken out once more. I guess the first time for me, but mm-hmm. I should have put it on just for this. Oh, Mike Curlin, he blew it on that, by the way. He wanted to go full bore when he wanted to match Justin Mason a couple years ago for his pitch Arizona, which, by the way, get your tickets. It's an unbelievable time mm-hmm. of year. It's so much fun. You can see first pitch people doing panels, but then you get to see Arizona Fall League, the prospects and the stars of tomorrow, and then people in bathing suits. It's just a lot of fun. You really want to be there November 2nd through 5th. Get on down. Yeah, I booked my hotel yesterday, actually. Um, Going to be be booking the flight. Flights are always weird. You know, some days you'll look and it's 500, next day it's 400, and the next day it's 600. So I'm just going to kind of monitor those. You guys already made your arrangements to go down? I know, Justin, you were talking about it earlier, moving your trip. Uh, Govia, you already arranged your flight and accommodations and everything? Oh, I've arranged my accommodations. The flight will come very last second because I'm very poor. So, uh, you know, everything is always fly by night, last minute. Maybe you can work out. Leanne, really, my wife, is the one who will make everything happen, the Canadian. And it sucks because she's Canadian. So when we transfer that money to the American side, you know this, Joe, really take a beating on that. It's yeah. uh, it's very painful for her, and I feel bad about it. So hopefully I'll get a job soon. I just graduated, and uh, I'll be starting my career just like – Torres takes and Mike Card. I'll be working in the mental health field. I graduated with my master's a couple weeks ago. So money's coming, and that means flights to Arizona. Let's do it, baby. Because I'll tell you what, late night, you want to see a drunken version of Eno Saris. It's a, it's a sight. It seems to happen every year, and I don't want to miss that again. So make sure you get to check that out. Of course, the poker game's a lot of fun, although I've never been there personally. But it's just so much fun. It's more than just knowledge. It's like camaraderie, and nobody is mean. People are so cool. Joe, you, as a first-timer last year, how cool was everybody? Oh, it was... It was breathtaking. Like, honestly, like, I don't want to over-exaggerate and have people think, oh, he's full of shit, whatever. But, no, it was <laughs> it was an excellent weekend. I wish it could have gone on longer. I wish I had the means to make it out to New York and Florida and Las Vegas and go to literally every event uh, and, you know, enter into the main event and donate uh, a couple grand over to Greg and everybody at the <laughs> NFC. I wish I had the means, but I do until that. then, um, I really, really just enjoy going down to Arizona. Uh, you get to meet a ton of cool people. Well, the first night I was there, I sat down at the bar. And I didn't even really realize what was going on. I was kind of just, you know, in my own world. And I looked to my left. Paul Spore is there. Had Paul on the show a few times. I know I know Paul pretty well. We were just talking. And then on my right, 
Eno Sarge just sits down and we just start having a conversation about well, I don't even remember what it was at this point. And I remember thinking to myself afterwards, you could kind of just, you know, set up a recorder in the background, uh, you know, <laughs> just re-recording your conversations for four days and then have a podcast. You know, you could just really release it because those are the kind of conversations. If you're somebody who is really into baseball and not even necessarily just fantasy baseball, you're going to talk with some great people down there. You get to see the stars of tomorrow. Uh, you know, we got to see Jordan Walker last year and a couple of other guys who are in the bigs this year. So it is a lot Edouard of Edouard Julian. He looked Edward great Julian. last year. Edward Julian, uh, my fellow Canadian, there's a lot of there's a lot you get out of going down there. It's not just for the conference, it's not just for the games. It's everything rolled into one. I'm kind of with Justin in the fact that you know, I don't really go for the games. I go for the social yeah. aspect. You know, I go to I went to the Fall Stars game, um, but I think I went to one or two other games. Maybe it's more just about sitting at the bar, shooting the shit with everybody, and kind of just getting to know these people that you talk with on podcasts, you interact with on Twitter. Uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, baseball HQ does a great job with it and you guys should definitely consider going down if you're able to but we have no trades to talk about uh, there's been nothing that's gone on the last big thing if you want to call it big is your Bozo Tigers Mike trading Michael Lorenzen to Philadelphia that's the last thing uh, that really has moved the needle here I mean not moved the needle just anything at all uh, in terms of fantasy baseball what are your thoughts uh, Mike on this trade Lorenzen going to Philly Good riddance, man. You talk about a fraud. <laughs> Michael Lorenzen, I didn't pick him up anywhere. Even if he was serviceable with those quality starts, you guys could live that dream. And now that he's in Philadelphia in that band box, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm sure he threw some nice outings on the road, not just at Comerica Park. But Lorenzen is a complete fraud because he can't miss enough bats to keep me interested as well. That's, I mean, that's always important to me. If a guy's kind of getting by with incredible control and command with minimal whiffage, if I could use that term, that's a concern for me. It doesn't mean that guy can't be successful because he has. He's produced, and the people that picked him up, they've gotten decent output. The ratios have been served fairly well. I didn't buy for a minute, and now that he's in Philadelphia, I'm even less interested. I just don't see how that's going to be a, a better place. He goes from the AL Central, the dump of all dumps when it comes to divisions, to the NL East, a nightmare. An absolute quagmire. And even though the Mets aren't that great, they're still dangerous. And, of course, the Braves are dominant. And even the Marlins, you know, they, they'll just small ball you to death. And they will raise Lorenzen's whip. So I've got no interest in that. The Tigers here are waiting until the last minute. I know that they want to move Eduardo Rodriguez as well. I'm sure we'll talk about him. But I'm just bringing him up because you just never know when he'll show up. When Eduardo shows up, though, he's really good. So last season, he disappeared for five weeks. I hope he doesn't do that again after the uh, trade deadline. Justin, you got any thoughts on Lorenzen? Do you agree with Govia here? Yeah, I mean, I've been I, – I do a weekly uh, buy low, sell high article over on Fantasy Pros, and I think I've written up Michael Lorenzen as a sell high for, like, probably two months in a row. Like, just like – it's just – he has gotten really, really lucky um, and been really good against poor competition. He, like, he's got something like a under three ERA under, uh, against teams under 500 – uh, and then like a five or six ERA teams over 500 on the exact stats in front of me right now. So like, but that happens when you're playing in a division like the central, right. And you've got a park like Detroit, which is pretty darn good to pitch in. Now he's moving to Philadelphia, which is not a great place to pitch uh, and to a division with a bunch of competitors. So he's not going to have this easy schedule down the road. Uh, I think this is a recipe for disaster for Philadelphia they didn't give up a ton. They gave up their fifth best prospect. It's kind of a mediocre, I think, middle infielder. Like it's like it's not like they gave up a ton to get him or anything. But um, honestly, they're going to boot either Christopher Sanchez or uh, Ranger Suarez out of the rotation and into the bullpen in order to make this move happen. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. I think both should stay in the rotation. Lorenzen should be the one who goes to the bullpen. That's not what's going to happen. So uh, my guess is Sanchez moves to the bullpen. Um, at least initially, and then maybe gets his job back once Lorenzen's so bad. Sanchez has been a, a savior for a couple of my teams. He's been yeah, he's been awesome. fantastic. He's been awesome um, recently. He should stay in the rotation. Maybe Suarez is the guy who goes uh, because he's struggled a little bit as of late. But I think both are better than Lorenzen, so I think this is a huge mistake. Yeah, I'd have to agree. A couple of bits of news in the chat here um, from MKB Fantasy, who is Govier's co-host over on the Palazzo Podcast, Bo Bichette. Considered day-to-day MRI yes! reveals no structural damage. 
That's this, a huge sigh of relief. There's gonna be no kind yeah. of or does young. Uh, Sorry, Joe. I'm gonna round of applause. That that's great news, everybody. Thank you. I just traded for him after giving up Mike Trout in my keeper league, in my home league last week, and I was really sad after last night. But that's great, great news. Thanks, Mike, for the great news. That's great news. And we've also got a small trade, Andrew Chafin, going from the Diamondbacks to the Brewers. Not really much fantasy relevance there. I was I was interested in Chafin earlier in the season. I thought that he was a potential guy who could get some saves in Arizona. And he got a couple earlier on in the year. Uh, but Joe, did you cover the Logan Reinhardt trade, by the way? No, we didn't. We got I got trolled I got trolled in the chat here because somebody said uh, Logan Logan traded to Baltimore. And yeah. I was like, Oh shit. Gilbert got traded to Baltimore. <laughs> but I did get trolled. The proper troll job uh, from RJ here in the chat. Um but I'm very happy about Boba Shett with Chafin. Yes. There's, there's nothing I, here. So. I was really, really scared about uh, Bichette. I mean, I just lost Jonah Heim on my main event team, which is picking up steam. And uh, and then I was afraid I was going to be losing Boba Shett for the season, too. So uh, very nice for me personally. I know no one cares about my fantasy team. But, uh, <laughs> did you dump Heim, by the way, Justin? I, I dumped Heim universally because I just don't I think too. even if he tries to come back, he'll be useful. Yeah, I, I think when, you, when you're dealing with a, a wrist injury like that and one that's not going to be repaired until after the season, even if he comes back, his power's going to be sapped. And so now you've got a punchless guy. Uh, no, I, I moved on. I can't remember who I, who I picked up, but it wasn't anybody, like, super interesting. Um, so, no, you know, uh, but I just need I, need, I need plate appearances. I need guys who are going to, you know, do something for me over the course of the next you know, a few weeks, and I just can't guarantee that Heim's going to. So it's a bummer. Uh, you know, he was a great pick. Um, shout out to my co-host, Paul Sporer, who kind of turned me around on him late in draft season. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I thank Heim for his service, and now I'm moving on to someone else. Yeah! That's crazy that we're at that point, though. Like, I, he's been – is he the number one catcher so far based on dollar values or number two maybe behind Murphy? Like, he's been – in like one of the biggest surprises of the year, uh, maybe maybe not the biggest, but he's right up there. Were you in on him preseason, Govier? You would have heard about him right here on the Palazzo podcast. That's right. At, you can ask Chad here in the live chat. Verification in our Discord. I was pro Jonah Heim this year, and actually, I'm going to take this back to a couple years ago. A guy that I uh, really enjoyed working with at a place that used to be known as Roto Fanatic, and his name was Paul. And Paul is a wizard. I haven't seen Paul around. You know, people, Joe, you learn this right. A lot of people, Justin. How many people in this oh, industry have you? One of my guys. Uh, yeah. He, Do you remember his last name? I'm spacing Mamino. out on his last name. Oh, Mamino. Man. Yeah, Mamino. Paul Mamino. Fantastic he, baseball mind. Yeah. Yeah, he played baseball uh, in a small time college, but whatever. He was he's a very tall guy. Point being, is Paul Mamino turned me out of Jonah Heim in 2021, and I dug around some more. And coming into this season, I was like, all right, this is this is all shaping up nicely for Heim to really take it to the next level and. You know, thank you for your service, Jonah. Sad to see you go. Injuries happen, but I agree with Justin. If you guys haven't dumped time, I think you should move on for the rest of the season because you just cannot trust somebody who has that wrist issue. That's one of the reasons I traded Mike Trout, too. I was like, even if he comes back, Hammett bone injury, even though it's an OBP league where he's most useful, I had to move on. See, that's part of the reason why I think the Angels are really stupid, too, for kind of going for it because Trout, if he comes back, maybe he's old Mike Trout. Odds are he's not. You are never able to compete with healthy Trout and healthy Otani at the same time. So what the hell do they think they're going to be able to do with Lucas Giolito and Randall Gritchick? I just feel like it's very foolish the way that they've gone it, about this deadline. It, it's it's less about trying to compete right now, I think, and more about showing Otani that they want to compete. Um, I think I think if if they felt like Otani was gone for sure, they'd be selling right now and probably would have been selling uh, Otani at the deadline. I think this is a whether or not you like the moves or not. I think this is a move to try to convince him that Anaheim is the place that he wants to be for the rest of his career because they're going to be willing to make the moves necessary to do it. And I don't think they're necessarily done. I, I would not be surprised if they went out and made another move today uh, to kind of solidify things, especially in the bullpen where they I think they could use a little bit more help as well. So uh, I, I don't think this is necessarily about quote-unquote, competing for 2023 and more about showing Otani that this is an organization that wants to compete. Do you think that there's any chance he goes back? I mean, I guess they no. do, but uh, from the outside, I no. haven't heard a single outsider, 
whether it's a fantasy person or a baseball person, beat writer, or whatever, say, yeah, it looks like Otani has a good chance of going back. I haven't. Heard I think. I, I mean, I think he ends up with the Dodgers, which is going to kill me. Um, you know, because that's an organization that wants to win. They will offer him as much money. Uh, you know, the reason why the Dodgers haven't made big moves, you know, in this offseason, and then at the deadline for you know guys with long term contracts like Scherzer, Verlin, is because they want to have the money freed up to go get Otani. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think Otani is a Dodger, which is going to absolutely fucking kill me as a Giants fan. But uh, I mean, I think the Angels are in the conversation. They're willing to spend the money, I think, to get it done. I think the Giants are in the conversation. They're willing to spend the money, too. Uh, but I think ultimately, whenever a team is willing to spend the money, you go with the team who's best. Uh, and the Dodgers are the best in terms of those teams that are going to be willing to spend that catch. The Mets have also cleared out a ton of payroll over the last couple of days with Scherzer and Verlander being gone. They haven't really, though. They ate a lot of that money. That, that, yeah. I, guess, I guess Cohen just doesn't care. I guess Cohen he doesn't. No, he shit. absolutely doesn't care. But I guess they have the the space now. Whether I think they cleared up a little bit of money, but regardless, they have rotation spots now. That lineup could certainly use some help. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cohen, maybe not a, necessarily a blank check, but you know, five hundred and fifty, six hundred million dollars, and just say, you know what. It'll it'll really come down to what is important to Otani. Is it the money or is it the opportunity to win championships and be remembered as the greatest baseball player ever to play the game? Um, and I think that uh, ultimately, you know, I mean, for us, like we we look, it's like, well, of course you take six hundred million over five hundred million, but there's between five hundred million and six hundred million. Like, it, like what is that? Like, and for a guy like Otani who can get, you know a few hundred extra million dollars in advertising and his sponsorships. Like, I don't know that it's going to be about the money for him. I I think he wants the money, but I think he also wants to go to a place where he feel he can, you know, set up a dynasty and win championships and be known as the greatest player ever. And unfortunately, as the Dodger fan walks in, I think the Dodgers is the place that happens. Vlad, welcome to the show. Vlad Sadler is here, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? Todd, dude, what the hell? (laughs) Can't you're hear muted. you. It's very sad. Oh, and you just turned weird colors. We didn't want to hear from a Dodger fan anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, the Giants have a lot to rest on. Their laurels are incredible this trade deadline. It's been unbelievable what they're doing. I mean, you must be incredibly pleased with A.J. Pollock. Yeah, I, my Giants are the most underwhelming team every year at the deadline. I just want them to pick a lane. You know, and this is for those of you who play dynasty baseball, this is you should be doing this in your dynasty baseball leagues as well. Right. Is you should decide whether or not you are a, a, a team that can compete for championships. And you notice that championships and not championship or you're a team that needs to keep rebuilding. And don't waffle in between because that's where you end up where the Giants, the Giants are just, you know, on the cusp of the playoffs every year, but they're not going to do anything in it because they're, they have not been willing to commit to this rebuild that 2021 season where they won a bazillion games really set them back as an organization because they weren't supposed to, they're supposed to keep churning those old guys out, bringing new guys in and they haven't done that. And now they're stuck in this kind of perpetual cycle of mediocrity. Still Something wrong you. with your mic, Vlad. Something wrong with the mic. I swear you're a prof- he's a professional guys. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't uh, judge him on this appearance alone. Now you're muted. Oh. No. No. Yeah, Maybe leave on. and come back. Sometimes you got to leave. It's a strange place. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, something going on with Vlad. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get I, obviously, I sabotage that mic. <laughs> oh, I, I have an alternate theory real quick on Otani, Joe. I believe that Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, he thought, you know, if we at least try to make a playoff run here, we can make a buttload of money here. Like, people are going to be loaded up into this park if we're just in the mix here. And over these final two months, we could just roll in the dough. I really believe that might be part of it, too. Like, even if he leaves, we could make more money by going for it now than selling him and giving up. And even if he leaves, we made a bunch of money in two months. Are they really going to make that much money over the next two months in ticket sales that it'll make up for losing several years worth of potential prospect return which could in turn lead to more sales down the line like if they traded him for you know to baltimore or to cincinnati and got a haul back in return mm-hmm. is that more viable financially you know from whatever baseball wise than 
trying to go for it these last couple months. If I was in charge of the team, I would have tried to trade him. I would have done what I could to trade him. But uh, I, I think, but I think at that point, like you go from having a ten percent chance of signing him next year to like a zero percent chance. Like I think if if you if you make that move, like you're pretty much signing your own death warrant in the in the Otani sweepstakes, and I think that's what they were afraid of doing. Um, and I mean, who knows? Like this is a good enough team. They could backdoor their way into the playoffs, you know? Like, as much as I love Toronto and they were my World Series pick at the beginning of the year, what the hell do I know? St. Louis was also my other World Series pick. So, like, that's clearly <laughs> not happening. Like, I mean, you know, I love what the Orioles are doing. I'm wearing the Mullins jersey today. Uh, but I could totally see them falling off. Like, the Angels could backdoor their way into the playoffs and, and make this thing interesting. Uh, you're thinking like an owner, Joe, but are you not thinking like an owner? Joe, you're being a rational human being. Owners are greedy. They want money now more than anything. So just remember that. Joe, you're very a rational human being. You would never be a good owner because you would be thoughtful and thinking forward progressively. That's not how owners think. I'd never have the money to buy a team regardless. Vlad, have we got the audio figured out? I just switched over to my phone. I think this should work. Can you hear me? So all the words that I was saying earlier, nobody heard anything? No. Uh, all the Justin uh, Slander went unnoticed. Good. Yeah. Good. Oh. I want to I maintain, I maintain our, our, our strong friendship, uh, rivals from, other, from, from NorCal SoCal. Dave McDonald chiming in here. I think Otani's made it clear he wants to play in L.A., whether that be with the Angels or Dodgers, and Angels are trying to do anything to keep him there as they should. Agreed, but when it's already a foregone conclusion, he's gone. And maybe it's not, right? Maybe it's not. It just from it's an not. outsider's point of view, I just can't see him going back. They've been so pathetic. His tenure and for Trout's tenure, we're looking at a decade plus of failed free agent signings, of poor trades, of just poor teams down the stretch. Look at it. Was it last year when they fired Madden or was it the year before? I think it was last year, right? When they it was last Madden. year. Beginning of the off, season. They started off brilliantly and then they just faded. And again, with Trout's you know, health in question when he comes back, what's he even going to look like? I just think that they're doing themselves a disservice in the long run by holding on to him and letting him walk for nothing. I think if they go out and they get some <laughs> prospects, that's much preferable to getting nothing. But they got we'll Anthony Rendon, though. Hey, at least they got and that going for him. Great that, job, Angels. Anthony Rendon is a huge part of the problem, too, because they're, they're tied into him for like $38 million each of the next two seasons, I think it is. Um, so, like, like they don't have like the extra capital on top of like what they have to spend on Tani to improve the team around him. And so uh, I think that is one of the big issues. Uh, if they, if they could have gotten someone to take on that, <laughs> like they, they should have just traded Otani with Anthony Rendon be like, here you get both. Uh, not that I think many teams would have accepted that deal anyways, but uh, like, I think Anthony Rendon is a big cinder block weighing down that organization right now. Logan O'Hop's going to come back too, guys. So the Angels have a lot going for them right now. I really think they can make the playoffs, Joe. Final word on this for me. And I do believe that Otani might still sign with them because a lot of people thought, oh, he's going to be sold at the trade deadline. He didn't end up being sold. We don't know squat. We really don't. We get all caught up in this group thinking a lot of times things don't go the way they think they're going to go. So just just remember that, folks. That's my point. Well, not not only that do we cannot predict these things and not know how they're going to occur. Sometimes these GMs don't even know because things change directions. I mean, we, we don't know what happens uh, to in the scenes, right? I mean, even somebody, you know, one GM is, is personally offended by something some other one said, cause he was in a bad mood and something happened earlier that day. And he's like, screw it. I'm not going to trade with them at all. Um, so, I mean, yeah, even uh, silly things like that, I think happen. but Otani uh, to me, this has been a long time coming. I think he's coming to the Dodgers. I think that's, that's yeah. what I was thinking going back to, this past preseason, the fact that they, you know, Trey Turner is gone. The fact they didn't really sign anyone big, just got with JD Martinez for a one-year contract. So yeah, I mean, it's all kind of setting up for it. It really makes sense. He's, he doesn't want to go to the East coast. Um, maybe Seattle's an option. I don't think there's no reason for him to stay with the angels. It's, it's time to move on. Um, Dodgers really, they really do make all the sense in the world. You don't think there's any chance he goes uh, to the Mets or maybe hell, probably I, not the Yankees, but I don't. I don't. I think he knows about the. You know, he he doesn't want anything to do with the Mets. He he knows that's not going to be a good way to to be able to win anything. They're 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 just cursed. I'm sorry, guys. I I think the only way he goes to the Mets is the Mets get really creative and you know offer an ownership share. Like that's like I mean that's where you start going okay because the Dodgers aren't going to do that. The Angels aren't going to do that. Mariners definitely aren't going to do that. That's fun. But if if they were to say hey listen 
we're going to give you $550 million plus 5% of the team, you know, then you start talking about, Hey, like you're moving on. You know I mean? It's already generational wealth, but like, like that, that starts being like, okay, now you are, you know, you are a part owner of a, of an MLB team. Uh, I don't know that the Mets would necessarily do that, but who knows? There, I think the Mets might do anything. Is there precedent for that? Has anybody ever done that in sports history before? In other sports, I think basketball. In other sports, soccer, basketball kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But not a but player, not, not not an active player deal, though. It's always after the fact. Like Magic Johnson got ownership of the Lakers after the fact. He was a coach. <laughs> well, this is Justin Mason getting creative because yeah. he recognizes that if this does, something like that goes through, then he gets – one percent of that one percent um of yeah. the contract yes, which exactly. is worth as as otani's unofficial agent um yeah <laughs> I, I would love to see that it's zaidi versus friedman in a showdown here the giants have to be in the mix no one's talking about the giants i mean i mean i assume justin's dreaming of otani I, to the giants i think but... the giants are theoretically in the mix in terms of yeah. hey they're gonna offer a contract i mean we just saw what they offered carlos Correa before that deal fell through because of the ankle like i think the and giants... aaron judge yeah, and Aaron Judge, Orson Judge. Um, so I think the Giants will definitely make an offer that is competitive. It may even be more competitive than the Dodgers are willing to offer because I think the Giants want that kind of bat arm in their lineup. Uh, I still think that the Dodgers are the clear front runner here. Like I think, I think if if I was putting gambling odds on it, you know, you know, it's probably minus one fifty that you know, Otani ends up as a Dodgers, whereas the Giants are like plus 300, the, you know, Angels are plus 300, and then all the other teams, you know, maybe maybe the Mariners are plus 300, and then like all the other teams are like, you know, plus five to a thousand. Like it's, I, I just think that the Dodgers should, if the Dodgers do not walk away with Otani next offseason, there has been a complete failure somewhere along the line. Wow. The sports books offer those kind of. Th- I'm just looking at a couple of books that I have on my phone. I don't. I'm know sure they will. They probably. I'm sure will. they will in the off season. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Minus money. You think it'd be minus money for him to the Dodgers? It probably would. Absolutely. Be. It probably yeah. would be at this. It point. It makes some sense. They're going to have a ton of money to spend. They've already got a set up team. You know, like I said, I think Otani. I think the number one thing on Otani's list is to be recognized as the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, and I think he can do that in Dodger blue better than he can in any other uniform. I don't think he's that ego driven though. I really, and incredible as he is and multi-talented as he is, he seems to be fairly like chill and more about the big picture. I, I don't know him personally. Nobody does, but if you're going to play some gambling odds, I mean, we're a sick, sick country. We're gambling on everything. It's out of control, but Hey, I'm just as sick as the rest of you. So don't worry. I'm along for the ride. I saw there was some book, I don't know who it was, they were offering odds on alien life being found in 2023. You can bet on, you can bet on that. You can bet on that. I think it's plus 500. It's not a bad little bet. Uh, oh. but, I can get better odds than that somewhere else, Joe. I at least get a plus 1,000. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's definitely fun. Uh, it's definitely kind of dangerous, too, the way we bet on everything. But it does lead to a little more excitement. You know, John Legaza was on here earlier and talking about how there is an intersection between the gambling world and the fantasy world and DFS in the middle there. Uh, so it all does kind of tie together. I'm just, you know, where you can find all that Joe, by the way, is that FTN, FTN fantasy.com, FTN bets.com, FTN daily.com. Just saying, I don't know where that came from. It just kind of came in my head. Yeah. Look at you just sliding that one in very subtly. Um, very subtly. There hasn't really been any movement over the last hour. The last trade was Michael Lorenzen uh, going to Philadelphia. Huh. I'll Andrew take Chafin, like, going to oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Come on, Woo-hoo. baby. Woo-hoo. Former Slander Tiger. Yay. In here. Uh, I do want to take a chance, though, and just ask you guys, what has been the biggest impact move for you guys from a fantasy perspective that has taken place over the trade deadline? Could it be a Lance Lynn? Is it Andres Munoz uh, taking over a closer role in Seattle, most likely? Is it something else? Uh, what, what has been the big move for you? Let's start with you, Vlad. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking over things. I think the anytime you have a closure shift, that really makes a it makes a big difference, especially in leagues where you know somebody's been holding Munoz. Uh, and in the case of uh, Paul uh, Paul uh, Seewald, I always I always want to say Sewald, but I know it's Seewald. Uh, that you know that works well because he's just a closer, most likely moving to another place where he's going to close. 
And I know there's some people saying, oh, well, it's Tori Lavallo. You never know what's going to happen with him. They're going to mix in other guys. And um, no, it's going to be uh, it's going to be um, Seawald for the most part. I did hold on to a couple of my Scott McGuffs in 15 teamers and played him this week. It's just a total gut call. Didn't really see any relievers I liked. I'm like, he's going to sneak one in. It's going to still take a bit for the, the Seawald trigger hadn't been pulled yet. I knew they were going to get somebody. But I just thought, you know, this is the kind of team where McGuff already is kind of off his um, he had a little, you know, a little breakdown. Things didn't go so well for him. Um, and so was further proof that the team really needed um, a legit ninth inning guy to compete. Um, but yeah, so he's still in the mix. And then we'll see how these arms shake out. These really are, these are going to be some big difference makers in real football um, for their uh, football. My God, baseball for their specific teams. You can see what I was doing right before this, but <laughs> It doesn't move the needle all that much in fantasy. Like Scherzer going from the Mets to the Rangers, Giolito to the Angels. Like, sure, maybe uh, uh, probability-wise, they're in line for some more wins um, in in some of these cases. But uh, for the most part, I don't know if it's that big a deal. Although I do like like Justin Verlander probably kind of getting his mojo back and having a hot stretch for a couple of months. Like, kind of getting off that like you know. Sorry to just keep harping on the, this Mets thing, but just you know, I'm guessing the vibes weren't all that great there. And now he goes to Houston, um, coming back to take their division over these Rangers. There's an arm race. You know, one gets Scherzer, one gets Verlander. You know, those two will face off at some point, uh, maybe in the playoffs. Even it's going to be great. So yeah, a lot of lot of good moves here. Got some kind words in the chat from our friend Scott Bogman. Uh, Justin, what is your biggest impact fantasy move here from the deadline? I mean, I think it's been kind of a boring deadline for fantasy and kind of in general, even though we've seen some big names move. Um, I, I, I'm going to say one good, one bad. Uh, Kyle Manzardo moving to the Guardians. I think – uh, while I didn't necessarily love this deal in terms of uh, like, you know, Savali being the piece that Tampa Bay got back. I know he's a better real life pitcher and, you know, and they really do need the pitching for the stretch run and all that stuff. But I, I just felt like Manzaro is, you know, he's a top 25, top 30 prospect, depending on what list you're looking at to, to not get a more impactful piece in the rotation uh, was, uh, you know, a little bit disappointing, but this is fantastic for Kyle Manzardo because Manzardo is going to have a clear path to playing time starting on opening day next season, um, which he was not necessarily going to have in Tampa Bay where they just got this log jam of mediocre cornerbacks. Uh, and so now Kyle Manzardo and probably good for, for, for Mead as well, still in Tampa Bay made it now have a path to playing time as well. Curtis Mead. Uh, so like fantasy wise, this is great because it gets him away from Tampa Bay and that whole platooning mess and just kind of overcrowding mess. Uh, and now to a position where I think he's going to be the opening day first baseman for the Guardians next year uh, and a really, really nice kind of you know guy you can get fairly late in drafts. Um, so uh, I like that move. One move that for fantasy that I hate is Max Scherzer going to Texas. Uh, Max Scherzer has struggled with home runs this year, especially in the month of July. Uh, you know where he didn't struggle? In City Field. He only gave up four of his 23 home runs this year in City Field. The rest were given up on the road. Now he's moving to Texas, which previously had been playing like a pitcher's park, but this year has been playing like a hitter's park. Uh, I'm really worried about Max Scherzer moving to uh, Texas, where he might be a little bit more homer prone than he was at City Field. Uh, and so, like, he was a guy, you know, I talked about, I, I write a buy low, sell high article. Uh, he was the guy th- uh, yesterday uh, I wrote. You know, I think you should sell Max Scherzer because anytime guys' in, names in the news because of, you know, some sort of move, right, they sign a contract or, or they get traded, their value inherently goes up because his name's in the news. Like, now it's time to capitalize on that uh, and, uh, and kind of get from under Max Scherzer. Wait, but who lives in Texas, Justin? Lots all, of people. George all Bush? Your exes, all your exes live in Texas. All <laughs> my exes live in Texas. There you go. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, there's a there's a comment here in the chat about how he's reunited with Mike Maddox as pitching coach. How much that's really going to matter? I'm not sure. I don't know if Scherzer really has that magic in him anymore. Uh, maybe he does. Like for a um, for a I, random start, I think he could. But I, I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong. I I would I would mu- I would really love to see the Rangers 
like be really competitive this year, uh, make the playoffs and do damage in the postseason. I think they're one of the funnest teams in the American League uh, in terms of, uh, you know, teams to kind of root for. Right. But I just I, I feel like they're just throwing Band-Aids on Band-Aids. You know, they you know, they and for some reason like injury prone starters. I don't, I don't know. You know, they they bring in Ivaldi, they bring in uh, Andrew Heaney, they bring in Jacob DeGrom. Now they're bringing in Max Scherzer. I just, I don't know if it's going to work. Well, that's not, that's a harsh lumping a little bit. Come on. Scherzer's been pretty reliable in his career. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying he's injury prone. So, sorry, let me rephrase that. But, um, like, I, I just, I don't think he's the Band-Aid that's going to fix the other yeah. problems in the rotation. I, I love that passion, though, that the tiger within Max Scherzer has never disappeared for you. Michael. Yeah, right. That's great. That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we offered him $115 million over like seven years. Nice offer, douches. You know that at some point those two are going to just face off in, in the playoffs, just going to, especially with their history together. Detroit. I mean, like, it's just, it's going to be a battle for the ages. Like, can't wait to see Max Scherzer and Verlander go in the Hall of Fame with different caps on. It's going to be great. Dude, maybe the, <laughs> when do they, they don't play each other in the final weekend. I want to look at the schedule. I'm very curious if, like, you know, if, the, if this is like the final series and maybe the playoffs goes down to the wire, that would be something. I'm just projecting here. but That's yes, really interesting are. to think about, though. What hat Verlander will wear? Will it be a Tigers hat or an Astros hat? I'd lean Tigers at this point. Well, people are saying because now that he's come back to the Astros, it might end up being the Astros because he won the World Series with them, too. And he's been with them now for yeah. almost five seasons. It's getting closer. It's getting much closer. It's well, going to be a tough how, call. How many years was he in Texas for? About 12 years? Well, of the Tigers? He was with us from 05, 05 to 17. That's right. He was a rookie in 05, the, 05 06. So. The, the last matchup between the Rangers and the Astros is Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's way too early. See, that new yeah. schedule, there's a price to be paid. Yep. Um, the, actually, so what's interesting, the Rangers, they play like, play like nine of their last – um, no, seven of their last 10 games uh, of the season against the Mariners, who are sellers right now. Oh, wow. That is right, I, I want to answer this question. Can I answer this question, now, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. What is your biggest move of the deadline? Okay, I want to go under the hood a little bit here. Uh, the Kansas City Royals. Now, I know Vlad is going to love this and hate it simultaneously because we both have lived the Edward Oliveris I-29 shuffle many times over, and it's very frustrating, but the Royals acquired Nelson Velasquez of the Cubs, who has shown flashes of excellent power. Also a guy, going back to Arizona Fall League, first pitch, 2021. Saw him in person for the first time there during a boring day game on a Friday afternoon in Surprise, Arizona, wherever we were. And I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's hustling. This guy's a baller, Nelson Velasquez. And he got traded to the Royals for Jose Quas, a reliever that's not of any particular note. The question is, how can you slide Nelson Velasquez into this outfield now with all the outfield pieces the Royals still have? It makes me wonder if they're just going to add him for depth and then he's going to become part of the Oliveris, Isbell chaos that is their outfield. Or if Velasquez will actually finally get an opportunity to finish out the season and play. And if he does, for fantasy purposes, Nelson Velasquez is a legit add in 14 teamers and deeper. He really is. I really like his bat and he could steal some bags. He's going to strike out a ton. That's classic. You know that. But I'm excited about Nelson Velasquez. I think that's an under-the-radar move that could be useful, but also could be really annoying. I admit that freely, Joe. It could be really annoying. So. Well, we got some kind of sad news in the chat uh, from Mike here. Trey Mancini hit with a DFA. You hate to see it with everything that he's overcome, uh, but at this point, looks like he's maybe done in the bigs. There was already talk last year about him maybe going to Japan. Do you guys think he'll latch on with somebody else? Is there any more Trey Mancini love around <laughs> I mean, Somebody maybe, yeah, someone might just pick him up because he'll be free, you know, like the A's, like, you know, maybe the Rockies. <laughs> the A's. Like, you know, like, so someone will pick him up and just, you know, and just to get, you know, take away meaningful at-bats from young players. <laughs> he was on Houston's championship team last year, right? So maybe a t contender yeah. will be like, all right, maybe he could provide some type of value down the stretch as just a veteran. So that would be nice for him. Really, uh, you know, you'd like to see a guy like him, you know, just because of what he overcame, just keep a role, even if it's a bench role, a platoon bat. It was great to see him win a World Series. But yeah, at this point, uh, someone's suggesting maybe the Yankees will pick him up. I mean, here, here, here's the problem with a guy like Mancini is, and it's something we don't talk enough about in fantasy circles, is he's a bad defender. 
and that yeah. limits where in you know when you yeah. are a bad defender at the corners like that that just that just limits the amount oh see jake Berger to the Mar- marlins what no. wow no. that's a terrible park for him no uh he's got power that plays anywhere i'm he, not super worried about that it's still like, a little worse it's it's for sure worse but he's been um Power numbers, he's basically top three in baseball this year. It's it's pretty wild, like how hard the guy is hitting the ball. If you look well, what at about ice- all the guys they got who are second and third baseman, Vlad? Like there's so many guys. He fits into a crowd unless someone's gotta go here. Um yeah, that's a Birdie, good question. Wendell, uh, all these guys. It's like another okay. repeat of the similar he's, positions. Yeah, but he's better than both Birdie and Wendell. So not defensively uh, though. So I don't know. It's it's a mess. We who's who's in the deal? We need more information. That's what I want to know. So you've got I mean, you got Jorge Soler is gonna continue to DH, play some outfield occasionally. They did just get Avisale Garcia back, which is really doesn't really move the needle all that much. Wendell's essentially been the shortstop against righties. Um, I guess Birdie's going to lose some playing time here, and then maybe he's been Jesus hot though. Uh, Birdie's been, been hot. He's been hitting like three hundred. Um, and well, then he's like fourteen for his last thirty-six. I All mean, right. it's not. It's no power, so, and the steals aren't like what they were last year. But yeah, it's, you know, heart factors the X home runs for uh, uh, Jake Berger. If he had played all of his games in Miami, where obviously he's not going to play all of his games, he'd have twenty-four home runs he has 25 so like he's not yeah he's not losing and he, he's got legit this is like when chris davis went to oakland and everybody got scared and it was like no chris davis hits the ball as hard as chris davis does he's gonna get plenty of home runs this is fantastic for burger he's gonna play every day there's no yeah. more mess around with his playing time probably gonna hit in the middle of that lineup you know i'll i'll, I'll take that all day i think that's a great trade the return was jake eater e-d-e-r eater Eder. uh yeah. he is a double a Double A lefty for the Marlins, a left-handed pitcher. Stats are mediocre in the minor leagues, but I'm not really. Yeah, crazy. he's also 24. Like, yeah, 24 20, years old. 24 at Double A. Like, who cares? Yeah, this is. I, I don't understand that move for for the White Sox, especially because Berger's under team control for a while. But um, all, for the Marlins, fantastic. Number four prospect. If this is their number four prospect, mm-hmm. I worry about their system a little bit. Uh, that's you, not great, but they got a good you, pitching system though. Pitching. You know who probably isn't too happy is, uh, and he's listening to the show. I saw him comment earlier, Dave McDonald, because he's got a ton of burger, I guess, and all of his high stakes Yahoo League. So I'm guessing he doesn't love uh, the move to Miami. But thankfully, Dave, your uh, pod partner and good friend Justin Mason here, I think, just reassured you that uh, moving to Miami is not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, no, burger is... should continue to smash with cheese. Yeah. Yeah, Bur- Burger is not gonna. I mean, I understand it's it's definitely a much worse park, but like playing time's gonna be there. He's gonna hit in the middle of a, a you know a pretty good lineup. Like I don't think this is. It's definitely a little bit downgrade, but it's not the massive downgrade that I think. This is the time yeah. to go sell or buy low on, on Jake Burger because people are gonna be feeling like Dave, uh, and I think you can get him cheaper. So I do have a question yeah. though. Would so would they make this deal? And then still just utilize him, like just completely flip the script on everything and just use him as a platoon guy, primarily against lefties, because this is the kind of Marlins organization that would do something like that because they've been platooning those guys in the, you know, that side of the infield with Wendell, Segura, uh, Birdie all season long. It's very possible. Um, yes, you know, I don't know. Exactly, Vlad. That's it. It's not about the power. I agree with Justin. You're right. You sold me. He can still hit for power anyways. Berger has massive power. But by the way, Berger's numbers are crap. Besides the power, he can't even get a 300 OBP. It's, it's so disappointing to me because I love Berger coming in this year. When he got hot, I was like, oh, this is it. We're finally going to see Berger break out. But I was expecting at least a 330 OBP out of him. So that's still a bummer. He doesn't hit for good contact here. It's strictly power and nothing else. And then you throw in what the Marlins have here. They need to move somebody. One of these guys needs to go. Seguro, Wendell, Birdie. There's too many guys playing similar positions, which means Platoon City, Vlad. So that's my concern. No, I'm less concerned no, no, about you, the park, more concerned about the playing time. And who knows what the Marlins are going to do because the Marlins have yeah. made really weird decisions recently but you can move Segura to second base and have a better second base move rise to first like Garrett Cooper doesn't need to play every day and Ooh, uh, Vlad doesn't like that you know but I, like, this would, I dropped this would, him this would make you a better <laughs> defense up the middle which is you know what you need when you've got ground ball pitchers like Sandy Alcantara like uh, I mean and who knows the Marlins may not be done like you know it's, you know they could go out and of maybe course. get 
a shortstop or go and get, you know, or trade some of these guys for some relief. <laughs> they, you know, I, I don't think the Marlins are done. I'm just surprised Berger's gone here. This really does surprise me because he's, yeah, like you said, Vlad, he's locked in. Yeah, By the way, Marlins, I'm sorry, Joe. Marlins now have two of the top power hitters against lefties this year. So just looking at isolated power straight up, Jorge Soler is the best in that category. He's at 440, a Marlin. Mookie Betts is next at 398. Berger is next at 380. So his splits against lefties, though, you know, he's faced more righties, has more homers against righties. He really hits lefties well, so uh, for power specifically. So Bad news uh, for David Peterson of the Mets. Watch out. Yeah. David Peterson. I used to be a big Peterson guy, uh, but at this point, it's hard to be a Peterson guy. Uh, either it was a Vanderbilt college player that had lost a year to injury. Well, that's, that makes it a little more intriguing. 26% K minus walk in double A before injury. Vanderbilt credibility is always good, but I mean, 24 years old in double A, uh, we'll have to see how it pans out. But it, I mean, it, I'm not great at evaluating prospects, but it feels fairly even i guess i mean the market's been weird this year i thought the market has been strange the the scherzer acuna trade was weird uh, with the money going back and forth I, there's been there's been some returns that kind of have surprised me a little bit this year is that just me or does it seem like the market for prospects has been a little bit different this year than in years past in what way it just feels like the return in previous years was either multiple like i would never have expected scherzer to be traded along with 22 million dollars and they only get back one prospect for him i would have at least thought you're getting two or three guys but it's an acuna yeah it's yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's cohen it's acuna to cohen those are two things you put them together you're gonna get unique deals i don't think that one's fair if you look around the rest of these deals manzardo surprised a lot of people but when you look at the control the savali is not just a free agent he's gonna be around for the raise a bit here and so I kind of see what you're saying here, but I don't see it as being particularly more unusual than any other year. I would say that it is a very competitive year. So when you see Paul Sewall go for Bliss and Rojas and Canzone, that's to me, I was like, wow, that's a lot. But to get the security of a reliever in a competitive market, that made sense. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Mike is chiming in here. Again, we're talking about Cease and the Orioles because I really think that's something they should do. Do you guys think we see that over the next hour? Is there any chance? You guys talked we- about that last hour, didn't you? I think I was watching the show. The show's an excellent show. You guys should watch this until it goes off the air, by the way, which is after 6 p.m. at least. But make sure that Cease goes to the O's because if he doesn't, all my O's friends are going to freak out, including Mikey Virginia from the Plotso Podcast. Shout out over there, MKB Fantasy. He's obsessed with so- – he needs a hardcore pitcher, not just another corner picker, right? Command, control, Oriole pitchers. There's too many of those starters, man. They need somebody who can throw flames and dominate with a breaker that can get a lot of Ks. And so I can see why all the O's fans want Cease to go there. Mm, breaking news. Brandon Donovan to get season-ending elbow surgery. No! 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 No, you're kidding. No! You know what that means, by the way? Justin? Is it means in win time? There you go! There you That's go. right! Yep. But that's devastating for me. I'm heavy on Brandon Donovan, especially in all my OBP leagues. And his eligibility and his OBP is so – oh, that is – I'm devastated right now. This is a live devastation that's happening. This is awful. It's a heartbreaker for me as well, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I got a lot of Brandon Donovan. uh, And he – in spite of the fact that he wasn't playing every day because he could only DH, like he was still playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, And you had to think that – like with the Cardinals potentially moving more guys, because we still haven't seen Tyler O'Neill get freed yet. Um, <laughs> I, I think that happens at some point as a sure flat. Uh, he may uh, not get he may not get freed, but if, if he sticks around, he's just going to continue to hit like fourth or something in that lineup, and just he's going to at some point he's going to start to mash. He's yeah. he's going to do enough just to tease and suck us all back in next draft season. You, you know how it goes. Oh man, we got another trade this here, sucks. guys. In an Let's go. It involved Vlad's Dodgers. Eduardo Rodriguez going. There it is. Oh. Uh, so passing saying. Interesting. Oh, you know what? Sorry. This deal was going to get done. And then Rodriguez invoked his no trade clause. And, now the, and now the deal is dying on the table, apparently. Wow. It wasn't Eduardo Rodriguez. It was his wife. She blocked the no trade clause. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the kids didn't want to go. He missed, he missed half the season last year with some some stuff. Yeah, I brought that up at the he, beginning of the chat that uh, he disappeared for five weeks last year. So He probably really wanted to go to the Dodgers, and she was like, ah, no. That, wow. <laughs> I wonder why he would nick that. I mean, 
that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, he's a maybe he's an East Coaster. You know, he played in Boston last time. Maybe he wants to stay over on this half of the country. I don't know. Maybe he wants to go to Florida. Maybe, maybe he looked at the park factor difference and goes, "I don't want to get beaten up." You know, outside of uh, Detroit, and uh, and so I can opt out. But I, yeah, that wow, that doesn't make crazy. sense. That doesn't make sense. I'm still trying to get over Brendan Donovan here, guys. This is I'm I'm falling apart here live on the air. This is such a devastating moment for me. Maybe you're right, a Giants fan. Maybe maybe yeah. that you know. I just think the park factors in Detroit. They're not that like with the walls moved in this year they're not a pitcher's park anymore they're more new you can go deep on the right on the, the left yeah. field wall is a free-for-all it always has been. even before they moved it in a little bit more joe but you know right center is a little easier this year but it's still a challenge right i mean i see what you're saying but eduardo would have been more exposed by righties cranking bombs to left field which didn't yeah really but you also year. get to you know we talked about the competition level in the central versus the the west and maybe he goes yeah hey, here i can beat up on people i can opt out at the end of the year and get a new contract like uh, oh he'd maybe, also maybe he'd also really have to go to Detroit. Coors. Coors. Yeah. yeah that would not be cool so. <laughs> i'm i've never seen that it's a guy get no i'm gonna be traded from a shitty team to a contender. And he, <laughs> you know, actually, the only thing that makes sense is he has a uh, non-refundable vacation plan in the winter. <laughs> and if he goes to the Dodgers, make the playoffs, he can't go. So he's like, yeah. screw that. I don't want to win. I want to go on vacation. He had an all-inclusive already booked. That's crazy. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I, maybe I'm, I'm a young guy. Maybe that's happened. But that's... Well, if that's what happened, then Scott Harris, the new headman for the Tigers, my Bozo Tigers, is going to pivot to the other option because there's always another guy on the line waiting in the wings. So there's got to be someone else. Where do we go now? Do we go to the Orioles, right? Do the Orioles say, you know, Eduardo could really help us. We could use his left-handed uh, arm against our, our left field wall, which is much more difficult at home runs in in Camden Yards. That would be great for Eduardo to come aboard here. So maybe they go that route now. Maybe this is uh, what he's thinking. He wants to finish out the divi- season in a week or, but he's not up. Is he a free agent, Rodriguez? Yeah, he can opt out. He, the Tigers are idiots. They, yeah, they gave this opt out to him in this part of the deal, so he can go and make more money. So, mm-hmm. ugh, stupid. It weakens his trade value too. That's the thing. Because yeah. you're like, oh well, he could just take off on us. So I'm, we're not going to give you that much. Yeah, it's Avila over there, right? He's still the GM. Yeah, there you go. Still- oh, not anymore. No, Scott Harris is now, but this isn't Scott a Avila. Yeah. This is a yeah. uh, a tribute, a final farewell from Al Avila is, to say, is, "Kiss is my ass, a, Tiger fans." Is this a uh, full no trade clause? Because like, if if he's going to invoke a no trade, he's clause, got a ten team, ten team no trade. Team? He gets the okay. teams. Yeah. Wow, I wonder why the Dodgers would even be on that. Like, you would think you'd want the Dodgers as, yeah. like, I don't know. I, He's know. a Giants fan. There's got to be yeah, something when he was up. like a prospect or something. Like they totally Giants. boned him, or they thought he couldn't hack it when he was 17, and he's just like, "I'll never play for the Dodgers ever." I love it, Rodriguez. Uh, or his agent's an idiot. Who knows? Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, we didn't think about that. You- you know, while he's on the while Friedman's on the phone with Harris, might as well inquire about Tariq Skubal. I'm sure he already has. I, I don't think no, that's no, that can work. Yeah, shut know, that down. Get, I'm yeah. sick of no. Maddie did this yesterday in a private chat. Maddie Wood was like, "Hey, hey, we're doing Tariq Skubal to the Dodgers." Like, no, that's not happening. He did a Google Translate from uh, from Spanish, and it was uh, it, it, there were some whispers about it, but it turned out it wasn't quite that. But it was it was intriguing. I would have been awesome to get Skubal. Yeah, I bet it would be. I'm still very sad about Brendan Donovan, man. Like, yeah, yeah dude. I Joe. have him. I have him everywhere. One of my my DC from Arizona's cooked. I don't know who I'm gonna put anyway. Because he's just been he's an everyman. He, like, mm-hmm. I know, I know. I'll catch some flack for for talking about Yahoo from time to time. No, I was just gonna say Yahoo, Joe. You're right. Yeah. First, ahead, preach. Second, first, second, third, short and outfield eligibility. Leading off for a pretty decent offense. It's. It's a sinker. That's that's an absolute yeah. sinker. Bo Bichette uh, got hurt. He's going to be okay. But Brendan Donovan was going to be my temporary fill-in. I'm like, okay, I'll put – because that's one of the benefits of having Donovan and Yahoo. I'm yeah. just going to slide him in short for a few uh, days, and now that's over. He can go everywhere on Yahoo. It's really beneficial. Uh-huh. Um, but at this point, he's to drop everywhere. I thought that came out of the blue. I know he missed – like, what did he miss? One day? He missed one day in the lineup or maybe two days, and now he's done for the year. But Mason Wynn is the real deal, guys. So if this is that much closer to being Mason Wynn, in fact, I'm certain that Mason Wynn will likely be featured in this week's 
Roto Gut Fab Guide, which is a must-have at FTFFantasy.com. It's the well, best in the business. It won't be fe- you won't be featured because he's not eligible to be picked up in a lot of NFTs. Oh yeah, that's right. We we'll well, have to wait a he week. He needs to play this week, right? If he gets called oh, yeah, out this yeah. week and plays, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I just you know we I almost picked him up in Tout Wars this week for for nothing, and I ended up going a different. I, oh, I got Sal Freelix, so I was okay with it. We but, talked about this earlier uh, with with Paul DeYoung getting traded. They're not playing for anything this year. Are they going to burn a year of eligibility on Mason Wynn? Maybe he's a September call-up more likely than somebody who gets called up right away. I'm just speculating there. But I don't see him being an immediate call-up. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Especially, you know, Tommy Edmonds on his way back. So do they really need uh, Mason Wynn? Do they want to then prefer to use uh, Wynn at the beginning of next season? So that way they've got... uh, uh, you know, the chance for him to win rookie of the year and, and get that extra bonus uh, for that. So this is a possibility win doesn't come up, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we'll see um, either way. We'll have to see. Um, we got one hour left just about until the trade deadline. And we should be seeing a lot of stuff hopefully come in. Uh, everybody turn on Jeff Pass and notifications for good luck. Hopefully we get something come in in the last hour. I do want to give you guys a chance uh, to let everybody know where your work can be found where you can be found on Twitter and everything uh, like that. Vlad, why don't we start with you? I'll have my publicist do it, and he happens to be a colleague. <laughs> so, Michael, tell us tell us about where we can be found. You guys, if you're missing out, RotoGut on Twitter. Make sure you follow him, FTFFantasy.com. It is the preeminent number one article every week. It's a must-have. If you want to win right now, FTFFantasy.com, the weekly. Trust the gut fab guide. I mean, all the schedules, every team – the weekly breakdown, lefties versus righties, every single position, plus 12 and 15 team or differential bids, all available to you. Trust the gut. Vlad Settler, the master of FTNFantasy.com. Right now, join up. Two months ago, you want to win. Lock down that championship. FTNFantasy.com. You can use my promo code, MJ Govier. You can use uh, Vlad's promo code, whatever that is. Use his. Uh, use Govier's. Oh, thanks. That's very sweet of you to do that. So. Because and then, that, uh, I couldn't have said that better myself. Thank you, Michael. And you? Beautiful man. And then I'm at MJ Govia on Twitter, of course. Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. We got me, Mikey, Britton, the whole crew. Sam Worsing's up aboard now. We got a whole bunch of people. Ben Chase. We'll be talking about this trade deadline fallout later in the week. 2Ls, 2Zs, Palazzo Podcast, and FTNFantasy.com. I'm going to write out my article tonight. Trust Go. Well, you trust Govia. You can trust the gut. You can trust Govia as well. But mine's called Grooving with Govia. That'll come out tomorrow. It usually comes out on Tuesdays, but I wanted to wait today because the trade deadline fallout would be making it very obsolete. So FTNFantasy.com for Grooving with Govia Fantasy Baseball Roundup. <laughs> Eric's going to be in the next uh, in the next hour, and he would yes. like a Govia introduction. Sure. Stay. I love Eric. You know Eric's what? the man. Let's bring Eric in a little bit early here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How you doing, What's up, man? buddy? Good. Govia, you're bringing, bringing the heat like always. Like you, you seem to be my everyone's personal publicist. Just walk around, introduce Vlad, <laughs> tell him about his stuff, introduce me. I'm happy Great. to be paid by uh, you know Baseball HQ to do that first pitch Arizona. I will do that for every single person. And uh, yeah. I would almost, I would almost pay, pay it out of my own pocket just to see I, you do that. I, I'm planning on it. I'm, I'm preparing to write a check. Uh, Bob Aram <laughs> ain't got nothing on you, man. <laughs> Justin, you're the last one. You've been on here for, for a good chunk of the day, and I appreciate uh, you coming on. Let everybody know, uh, before we get Govia introducing Eric here, where you can be found and what you got going on. Uh, you can follow, find me on pretty much any social media platform under Justin Mason FWFB. I joined all of them because I didn't know how long Twitter was actually going to be around for. So uh, I'm on Post, Mastodon, Blue Sky, Threads. Uh, I'm barely using any of them, but... Maybe I'll try to kick that up in high gear. I write three days a week at Fantasy Pros, uh, and I write five days a week at uh, Fangraphs on the Sleeper and the Bus podcast and the Friends with Benefits podcast. Uh, and I feel like I should be getting some sort of job offer considering uh, from FTN, considering how many FTN people are now around me on this uh, live stream. But uh, maybe that, maybe in the future, maybe I'll oh. FTN. It's a fantastic oh, organization. Yeah. I love, I love everything FTN does. Uh, and so uh, uh, it is a pleasure yeah. to hang out with all you FTN guys and a pleasure to hang out with you, Joe. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job uh, on the uh, live stream today and the podcast in general. So uh, definitely uh, appreciate you having me on. Hey, I appreciate all you guys coming on. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, you guys have all been very welcoming to me over the last couple of years. And it's great to talk with all of you. Like I said it earlier, one of the cool things about putting this together is you get to just put all these cool personalities uh, in the same room, on the same Zoom call, StreamYard, whatever, and just kind of hear you guys shoot the shit with each other. So it's been a lot of fun. 
I hope to talk with you guys all again soon. If not, then we'll talk in person over a beer in Arizona. I hope you guys are all going to be down there. I think you guys are all going to be down there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See everybody down there. Uh, So it should be a lot of fun. But the next group is coming on here. So you guys, well, actually, Govier, you got to do a proper air cross introduction here. Yes, I I I want to stick around for that, please. One for the road. Here we go. The man, the myth, the legend. Nobody does baseball, fantasy baseball, better than Eric Cross. The dude is everywhere. He's brought too many sites to name, but I will mention FTN Fantasy, where you could read his weekly article, Crossed Up. Of course, the tool shed, that's really his bread and butter. Him and Chris Clegg doing their thing. Make sure you follow Eric. Connect with him. If you love dynasty baseball and prospects, there is no man who is more appreciated, respected, and admired than Eric Cross. He is the master of everything, and in particular, Dynasty Baseball prospects. Nobody does it better. ToolshedFantasy.com, Eric Cross, 04 on Twitter. You have a you have a career. You have a future doing this for sure, Mike. Hey, I'm still available. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm always looking for job opportunities. I can work 10 jobs at once. Hire me. Who's the guy who introduces the people for uh, for boxing? The Buffer? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. You, you Michael Buffer. That. You could yeah. do that. Very Ladies easy. and gentlemen. Okay. Yeah, all right. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. I'm going to catch you guys up. trades from Yancey over here. What is this? Yeah, Yancey's just firing shots across the table at Justin wow. here. <laughs> Love you, Yancey. Bye. All right, guys. Bye, guys. Take care. I really appreciate you all hopping on today. 